Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Chris Jackson. And today we are talking about it. The patron saint of animals when it comes to, not patron saint of reliability, no, I got it all wrong. What's the, the what's ma- mascot of reliability engineering, which everyone knows is the naked mole rat. Yeah, you brought this up a while ago <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? And I looked at a picture of it. Yeah, they're just like their name suggests. They're not the cute a furry oh, little kitten at the shelter that needs a home they yeah they're a naked mole rat and um <laughs> and so i really questioned your you know what have you been doing up there in the great white north is this uh all the smoke the fire smoke getting to you here chris <laughs> something but uh but the, the reason why we're talking about the naked mole rat is because it is appears to be one of the few possibly the only real-world example of something which turns out to have a constant hazard rate, which we know is, uh, let's just say, rare in the real world, even though in textbooks it appears to be endemic. Well, a lot of people just assume that it's in the flat part of the curve, and which is an equivalent to constant hazard rate, and independent of whether it actually is or not. So if you have a system based on a whole bevy of naked mole rats you your assumptions probably correct right otherwise it's probably very likely not <laughs> right and so what well, the naked mole rat as a, as a bit of a background it's, apart from it being ugly is it um it's it's a really interesting mammal obviously lives underground most of them in africa and they sort of resemble insect colonies more so than traditional mammalian colonies you have a queen and she's the boss she's the only one that breeds and she sort of keeps everyone else in check by just being a bully um but they again they live their entire lives underground they also are able to exist they have really interesting metabolic functions that can exist with very low oxygen in ways that would kill other mammals and lower temperatures and things like that um, but it appears as if they never, ever, ever get old. Of course, they will die at a constant rate from predation and injuries, and in some cases, diseases, but they appear to never get old. And <laughs> that is interesting because when we talk about, for example, human medical stuff, a lot of the stuff we talk about uh, diseases associated with age, um, cancer in particular, something which becomes more and more prevalent as we get older. Yeah, the the mortality charts for humans is once we get past age sixteen, the cliff there we got to all survive somehow, learn how to drive, and not kill ourselves. Right. Um, it are we start wearing out. Like at the one mm-hmm. I remember is about 45 or so. It just obviously says, oh, the chance of living the next year has just decreased <laughs> significantly right. from the last year. And it just keeps going. And it's all kinds of reasons. But yeah, we wear out. 
right. That's exactly it. We wear out. We become weaker and weaker. We accumulate damage. Where mole rats don't, they appear to not have cancer. They just appear. It just appears not to be a thing. And I, I think that what I think it's worth talking about that because sometimes we talk a lot about machines and things that fail and work and everything else. But mm-hmm. is I think it's always useful to take a couple of steps back and just look at what is a an infuriatingly random process called failure and embrace or you just ponder other things where failure, the random failure process is also at, uh, at play, like, such as a life of death, life and death of a naked mole rat. And to truly understand what it takes to have a constant hazard rate or constant failure rate, you need to have a creature which is sort of built different. It doesn't appear to have cancer. It doesn't appear to have everything else that afflicts the rest of uh, the rest of the animal kingdom, and we just don't know why. Uh, it's almost self-repairable in a way. It, it uh, they heal very quickly. It again, they just don't appear to get old in ways hmm. that virtually every other animal does. So you're saying if you picked up a, a one-year-old mole rat and a twenty-year-old mole rat, they would be for all biological purposes indistinguishable. One might have more calluses on its paws, or but their teeth aren't. And, and I can imagine. In I'm thinking of a you know some mammals once their teeth wear out you're done you think about well, elephants must, yeah and so yeah. but once the mole rat must have a mechanism where that tooth just keeps growing and they have clean sharp razors ready to go right and which is exactly exactly the case um so their teeth never wear out they they never have those sort of uh diseases which sort of require age to contribute to the end mm-hmm. um and it, which is very unique and because we don't understand it it's, this is so incredible we just don't understand can you understand you, an animal which never ages well what do we learn from that that is so fundamentally alien to our concept of life and death then why should we see that alien concept sprinkled so endemically across the world of reliability engineering textbooks essentially say so a lot of textbooks say that in many cases every machine you come across is a naked mole rat (laughs) (laughs) just needs an mtbf it needs a constant hazard rate never wears in never wears out it's a naked Uh, mole rat there's there's a whole lot of story there don't get me started in mtbf but i i the idea is that um and i imagine you ran into this because some medical science group is studying it to find out what what makes that work for them and how do they avoid the aging gene or whatever it is that causes us to age Mm -hmm. Um, i suspect this just a hunch is that they have dug their tunnels and stay underground so they can protect their access to the uh, fountain of youth which is doesn't actually font (laughs) over the surface (laughs) so they keep it underground to themselves they're protecting it well it could be that but um it's a theory we don't know a lot about them you know i know if we yeah if we we don't know why we can't can't be arrogant enough to us to assume that we can also say we know why not but um Mm -hmm. but but i mean if, if it's if that sounds alien to you again if that sounds so fundamentally wrong that an animal just never gets old then 
every time you see a textbook which says just use the MTBF or use constant failure rate. Yeah, just assume it's a constant failure rate. Yeah. Right. Then essentially you're saying, well, the machine that you're assuming the constant failure rate for is a naked mole rat, as alien as that might be. Yeah, it lives underground in Africa and has particular gene structure that it heals quickly and, and is very resistant to whatever causes the aging or degradation of muscle strength and mass and brain size and everything else. It's like, hmm, yeah, I don't know very many machines that do that all by themselves. <laughs> I know none. No, there's no self-repairing machine which never gets old. Um, yeah. yeah. But again... Yeah, way back when I, I used the example of uh, fluorescent tubes as as a built-in wear-out mechanism. You consume the the chemically it consumes part of it, and then it becomes dimmer and dimmer, and eventually it, it fails as a lighting device. Mm-hmm. Whereas a incandescent bulb, um, in in my limited experience, was they seem to fail pretty randomly. But I didn't have hard data on it. So then uh, Bill Meeker said, "Well, I actually ran that study." I did, put a bunch of light bulbs in my basement and, and track their time to failure. And he says, it's remarkably normally distributed. <laughs> and when you dive into the, the chemistry of how that uh, incandescent bulb does, it's a burning process and it burns mm-hmm. and replenishes that filament within its enclosed environment, yet it's not perfect. So over time it will fail. And sometimes right. the surface allows it to repair itself more efficiently and sometimes less efficiently, but eventually it will fail. And it has a small added perturbations that's classic normal distribution. So, oh, okay, learn something. Can't use that example anymore. So he recommended I use a ceramic coffee mug is about the only way it can fail is somebody has an extraordinary grip and fractures it in their hand or they drop it. Right. Really about the only way they fail. But even that, even then, coffee mugs still age. I mean, they will become discolored. They the the logo will start to crack. So, um, depending on what you define failure to be, I mean, you could some some definitions of failure include discoloration, for example. In which case, that coffee mug can still have failed from that definition of failure, even if it's happily still holding your coffee for you. Um, but that's probably as you're right. It's probably that's probably as close as you can get to a real world application of a constant failure rate. That isn't a naked mole rat. Yeah. So that, but I got that from Bill, and I thought ah, it was yeah okay. Yeah. And, you know, and I've heard the arguments too. Is well, how long does a naked mole rat typically live? Is are they being called before they have the chance to age? And is they they have enough predators or enough? You know, maybe they're not particularly good at digging tunnels and and it collapses and that kills them faster than they can get to the point where they start feeling their age. Well, that's the thing is that I believe that their their typical lifespan is about 30 years, which is for a mammal is is, is not. Well, for sure. a rat, that's amazing. Yeah. Right. But the other thing is that evolution has shown us that uh, the body is really the you know life as we know it is really good at not wasting stuff, mm-hmm. and so that's why there is a tendency to wear. Why invest so much effort into creating bodies that will last forever, where 
we know statistically, even with a constant hazard, right, they're not going to last for too long. So why have a body that could hypothetically last forever if it didn't get killed by a lion, for, mm-hmm. for example? I can see hyenas going after him. Lions, I think that would just be <laughs> like, oh, I'm above that. Well, I mean, <laughs> I they, 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 because they can, they can survive with so little oxygen, and, and that's another thing that scientists don't truly understand, um, uh, that they don't come into contact with a lot of predators. Um, but it is, as far as I can tell, it's a very long-lived rodent period. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, uh, when compared to other rodents, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not getting predated quickly enough for us to simply not be able to observe it wearing out. So also the other thing I forgot to mention, uh, to mention was that, um, there is a period of infant mortality. Yep. So, uh, where, you know, newly born naked mole rats will have a higher failure rate for lack of a better term, at least yeah. initially. Yeah. Which Speaking is not among reliability engineers, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But after that, once they hit adulthood, they're as just as likely to survive um, every year, year for the, the rest next. of life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, they I, just never get old. So that's actually a 30 year MTBF for them. Or is, are they it technically? It is. Yeah. 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 It's probably the only number that makes sense is if you're saying the average lifespan is that that suggests that some of them live to 60 years. Yeah. How would we know? You know, they don't line up for mug shots and, and uh, you know, bio scans and stuff like that. So it's, I'm sure there's some scientists that decided that that's the, their life study and they're sitting out somewhere with binoculars and have tagged them all and are tracking them to see how long they live. and. That would mm-hmm. be a that would be a grad student job, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, it, yeah, it's, but I think it is interesting. It's just that um, it, maybe we should maybe we should try and introduce that as a. I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> don't want to influence. Try to influence reliability engineering pop culture too much. Yeah. But every time someone says that thing has a constant failure rate, so okay, so that's a naked mole rat, is it? Just yeah. see if we can slip that one in. <laughs> slip that one in there. Yeah. I usually you go more direct. So what evidence do you have to support that? You know, let's, let's kind of like apply a little bit of science to this. And do you, well, we, and I all too often though, as I just hear, oh, we assume it is because we, we want to design it to be in the flat part of the curve. I actually had a similar question a couple of weeks ago. Somebody said, we know that we're looking at all our our field data and, and all the information we have about our product. And we had a, a little bit of a, you know, startup problem. So we designed a bunch of things out and we improved it. We kind of expected we'd have that early failure period and we, you know, made adjustments and manufacturing improvements and so on. And we think we're out of that yet. We're not seeing a flat part. We're seeing it's an increasing failure rate and we just finished fixing all the, um, and it's, it's like, how do, when's the flat part happen because well, yeah. it, it doesn't it, it just doesn't it's well it can in some cases but yeah it's a lot rarer than people think yeah no it's uh and it was just well we assumed that we would have that and like well oh that's, good, you know. that's good yeah reality doesn't care what you assume it is you know gravity will happen in, even if you don't think it will did the <laughs> yeah. court um, that is subordinate to the laws of physics rule in favor of your assumption, did it? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> not how it works. No, no, it's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's um, I don't know if we can convince everybody to use you know. Oh, that's a no. naked mole rat then. Huh? Okay. I don't know. You going to change the the image for the podcast to a, the mugshot of a naked mole rat? Well, you got to put a picture in the notes. Yeah. yeah all right. It's not going to be pretty. It yeah. is one of the ugliest things you'll see. Because it lives in total darkness the whole time. So it's sort of got no eyes left. It's just this pale. Uh, it, it looks like a, it looks like a zombie rat. It's yeah. probably the best way of describing it. Yeah. Well, that kind of describes some of the people that just believe everything is constant hazard rate too. So it's, they stopped yeah. thinking, I think is the key thing of it. And it goes back to something you and I talked about many times, Chris, is you can't check your brain at the door. You got it. Reliability requires us to be on, on our toes and, and thinking, so identifying and solving problems and, and not as doing wishful engineering, as I call it is, well, we wish it's constant hazard rate. So therefore it must be. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it doesn't work that way. Nope. All right. Um, so I don't know where you, where did you get this idea? I'll ask you later. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to know. Uh, but if you've got it, if you're listening to this and you, and it makes some sense to you, one good, because you really shouldn't be assuming a constant hazard rate for even just making the assumptions usually fraught with, with issues and problems. And we can talk long about that. At least I can. The idea is, is that is you need to think about it. You need to check your assumptions and, and not willy nilly do these things, even though everybody else does, you don't need to do it. If you've got a question or a, a idea or a comment, or if you know of an, another example that's in the league with the naked mole rats, let us know. <laughs> Head over to, to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR, and you can find a couple of ways to get in touch with us. We are also, uh, Chris and I and the other hosts of the show are available through LinkedIn and, and through our about pages on Ascendo. There's plenty of ways for you to get in touch with us. But either way, <laughs> good talk to you, Chris. I don't know where you came up with this idea, but we'll leave that in suspense uh, for our audience and uh, look forward to talking to you next time. Always a pleasure, Fred. All right. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.